Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Citizens of Lorcana podcast. A podcast where we invite you to be part of their world. We're your host. Jared and James. Today we are talking about the magical experience that was Disney Lorcana, the first chapter. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to another week. Last week we had the ability to talk with Alicia of WDWNT. It was an amazing podcast. She was somebody I'd never really talked to before. And if you didn't get the chance to listen to that, make sure to go back and check it out. Today, we are taking a retrospective look at Disney Lorcana, the first chapter. So, James, before the game released, you and I were almost complete TCG newbies. You especially. I'd had some experience playing My Hero. Uh, We aren't quite pros after three months. I'm not ready to say that. But I want to start by asking, did Disney Lorcana, the first chapter, live up to the hype, both in terms of gameplay and just the whole experience in general. That's a, a big question, isn't it? That's a huge question. It is. Uh, it's a retrospective. It's Yeah, well, at, at first when I was listening to you talk about, you know, like the magical experience that was Disney Lorcan, I thought maybe it was going to be a eulogy for a second there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, no, no, we're still going. We're still going. Um, no, so uh, did it live up to the hype? Honestly, yes. It did. The game is awesome. Uh, All of the introduction stuff that we did for a year before the game came out, uh, all of that hype, I honestly feel was uh, paid off. Um, And I would say because we got to see all of the art before it came out, I, I don't know if that can be paid off because we saw it all uh, but seeing it on cards was awesome and uh, the gameplay uh, absolutely um, learning how to play learning how to play when sitting down across from someone that you're really trying to beat and all of that uh, was an excellent experience uh, I had so few bad experiences playing for the last three months and so many good ones that I would say that it definitely lived up to the hype uh, overall and completely. Yeah, I this was meant to be a high-level question. You know, it's it's exactly like what you said. We've been talking about this game basically since August slash September of 2022. Here we are knocking on the door of 2024, um and so often when things are hyped up like they set you up for disappointment 
And that was my greatest concern. And I was ready. I was ready. I was like, this game just needs to be an inkling of fun. And I'll consider it not a waste of time. But not only is it an inkling, it's just a lot of fun. But I just look back. And I guess I I extend the first chapter experience to before the game was launched. We made so many friends on the Discord. We had so much fun. So many good memories. Like when we first joined the Discord, <clears throat> Shane and Sophia from Robinsburger were there. And we just always had a great time. It was a blast. And being in this game on the ground level, you know, we're going to look back 30 years from now and we're going to be like, yeah, we we made a podcast for this game before it even came out. <laughs> we sat down at Gamma with one of the game designers and played a game, a multiplayer game before it ever came out. And... I don't know, like, it's just when I say it was a magical experience from beginning when we first joined the Discord to starting the podcast to going to Gamma to going to Gen Con to going to local tournaments, it's all just been a really magical experience. And I'm not sitting here saying that everything was sunshine and roses. I know that. I get that. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But we've talked about that stuff to death. So that's why I really wanted to focus on the highlights yeah so let's talk about the highlights uh what have been some of yours uh throughout the last three months i mean the obvious answer is actually getting cards in our hands do you remember what it was like at gamma when we were finally able to sit at the table and we were holding cards actual lorcana cards that weren't d23 i know you have d23 cards the actual cards that you could play with uh, do you remember what that was like? Like, that was so special. That was definitely one of the highlights. It was. It was absolutely a highlight. And as you mentioned, being able to play a game with Steve, uh, it, you know, late at night after everything was done, just the experience of of that. And then being able to then sit down and play the game, I guess not, you can't really say for real, but with cards I owned that I could go home with and start the collection on the, that first opening weekend and be able to play the game and start putting stuff in my collection tracker. And just every little bit of it uh, was just an amazing experience. Um, and as you mentioned there, it wasn't all sunshine and roses. There was, there was the issues and there was all of that, but it didn't really in the end, like sitting down here thinking about it, I can I can look back and go like, yeah, I was I was in a bad mood about product availability for weeks, and you know just being stressing about it, about having to like run to every target for weeks on end trying to track down product. But over time, thanks to multiple people who picked up product for me or, or you know directed me to where some was. So I could go pick it up myself or did some amazing uh, trading where they did that. Uh, just really just that's what I remember way more than the fact that I was just, you know, so frustrated trying to find product until now where I'm like, I feel so good about where I am with the collection, where I am with the game, what I'm able to 
you know, what's been going on. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's been just one highlight after another um, in, in actually collecting and playing the game. And we're not trying to minimize anybody else's experience that hasn't been able to find cards. Like, we know how hard it is. I see it all the time on Twitter. And I reach out to people and try to help out where I can. Like, I totally get that. And hopefully with set three, you know, knocking on the door here in three months, I think that's when we're going to start seeing product. But I wanted to say another highlight for me has just been the community. And both in terms of the like global community on Discord and Twitter, like it's been one of the highlights of my life. All the people I've been able to meet, all the memes that I've been able to make, all the interactions that I've had, but also on the local level. I don't know what it's like for you. Well, I guess you didn't attend Gen Con, but we'd been going on this journey where we'd been part of Lorcana from the beginning in the Discord at Gamma at Gen Con. So when I finally went to uh, my local, my first locals, I almost felt like, you know, Frodo after he'd been on his quest and I was like back in the ordinary world, like these people don't even know me. They don't even know what I've done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Honestly, now I'm starting to sound braggadocious. You but... know what? It's, it's, it's really weird because I feel like we had like from Gen Con on, we had almost completely opposite experiences where you had that Gen Con experience with all the people and just this like this big giant like group hug of Gen Con and just being able to hang out with so many people and opening boxes, you know, before anyone else. And then your local experience once you got back home was was just not like there was there was issues with you know being able to play because of work or you know the the store this or that the scheduling and you really didn't even i think for like the first few weeks you only got to play like one event yeah i went where, into a deep funk because of that yeah and and i was like in like i was like no oh, i can't go to gen con but then as soon as events started i was like going to two or three events a week I was able to go to, I think now I've been to uh, five different game stores to play an event. And I'm still going to be going to like three of them almost every week. And it's just, it was just really nice that, you know, I had that experience to be able to say like, this is, this is how this is supposed to work. And you had the experience in like the, the big level of, this is how the global community is supposed to work and just being able to experience something. Cause I bet, you know, met people that I've seen at multiple stores and we say hi to each other now and we sit down to games, we can chat about stuff and how our collections are going and all that kind of stuff. And it's really cool. And, and uh, it's just something that I found um, just really nice about being able to go and like hang out at places, you know, which is something that I had never done before. Yeah. I will say uh, I have finally found a home at for a local game store um and it works perfectly with my schedule um i had big ideas and big hopes for what i could do in the local community but my job just doesn't allow it but yeah it's at a it's at a boba place of of all the places in the world but they also are like a hybrid where they do card game tournaments i know it's the craziest thing but you know i've been going there consistently for the last i think six weeks now I've gotten to know a lot of the guys there and it's just been 
it's been really good. So, I mean, if it's going to be a hybrid place, it might as well be somewhere with tasty drinks, right? <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome. And not only that, they have like three pinball machines that you can play for free. Two pinball machines and one like it was Street Fighter versus X-Men nice. arcade machine. And then they have like a Nintendo, three Nintendo Switches with different games that you can just jam out on. So people are coming and playing games. It's actually a pretty cool place. That is pretty cool. So um, let's let's go with this. Do you have a favorite gameplay or tournament moment? I remember when we were talking one time, you shared an experience where you uh, the opponent had Dr. Facilier on the board. And you banished a couple of their cards and you were a little play. You have forgotten me. Was that your highlight or have you got, is there something else in there? Yeah. Uh, yes. I think that was my gameplay highlight where I, in the middle of the turn, and I'm sure people probably would have been like, yeah, I would have figured that out. Like as soon as I saw what was happening with Facilia, I'm like, but no, it took me until the middle of the turn where I was sitting there for at least 30 seconds, looking at stuff going like, can I do this? Can I do that? I'm like, Oh, it was that light bulb moment where you're like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. And I I just pulled everything off where everything went into the right order and everything worked and it helped me win the game. And just that kind of thing where you can figure it out, even though like a lot of people like know everything their deck can do and all the lines and all the plays. And it's like, you know what? Sometimes, Sometimes you just don't know everything. Sometimes you just need to like, make up something on the fly. And and I was so happy that that actually worked. No, I remember when you were talking about that, I was like, wow, that is really cool. I probably would not have thought of that. I probably wouldn't have been running that card in the first place. Cause at that time I didn't think that it was the greatest card in the world, but I've since come to realize just how good it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think my best tournament moment probably was the, when our one of our main stores, uh, Kingslayer, ran out of packs to give out every week, and they still. I guess they decided to keep uh, troves and gift sets for uh, prizing at some point, and they decided that this one week, like about four weeks ago, was it. And they ran a tournament where top six got a trove, and then the next six got gift sets. And I, I, I played as hard as I could, and I lost a game, but I did just good enough to go three and one and finish in sixth place and you know get a trove and it was just awesome yeah i mean it was just so awesome like the the two months of playing and learning and getting better and building my deck to be exactly where i wanted it so i could play it the way i wanted it to go and knew it well enough to do the things that it's supposed to do and then making that work to actually win something like that was just an awesome moment for a tournament yeah i would feel so proud for me, gameplay, I can't think of a specific gameplay moment like you had <laughs> with You Have Forgotten Me. Um, for me, though, is just I'm going back to this well here, but playing in the first tournament at Gen Con was such a magical experience, even though I lost. <laughs> I went I went one and two. I won my last round. My opponent was kind enough to drop out that last round and we were able to play it. Um, but that's something I'll never forget. As far as tournaments, I had one tournament. This was when I was going to another, uh, another store called power nine and they do four rounds, but it's like 
we wouldn't get done until 11 o'clock at night. So I always dropped out after the third round because I got up really early for work. Well, this one particular tournament, I had finally stopped playing, stopped trying to make my Sapphire Steel deck work. I think I was running, it was some type of aggro. It may have been Lemon Lime. and that, No, I, it was the Turquoise High Five. And I went 3-0, and and I just, it was exhilarating. I was like, I've never been undefeated before. I was at the top table, and I was like, I actually have a chance. I actually have a chance to go 4-0. and um, But I played against, uh, he's a player here in Las Vegas. His name is Renee. He's really good. He went down to Miami TCG Con, which was like the biggest tournament, and he took fourth overall. So, that's um that's what I'm saying. I lost to a really good player, but uh, in that moment, like it was just it was such a rush. And I know winning's not everything, but it was just exciting to think that I even had a chance. Yeah, I mean, I I did go four zero once, and that was yeah. You're right. That's a rush. That's that's amazing. I mean, it was just at a weekly, so I mean, I won a. I think I won a pin, um, which was still awesome. But I mean. Going 4-0, winning out, it's just like being able to beat a Ruby Amethyst deck. Yeah, that that's I what I lost to. The, the, you know, beating one of those decks that I had lost to the week before, the same exact person. It's like it's like Vindication and 4-0 all wrapped in one, but I'm still winning that trove was still like tops. Even though it was 3-1, and one, it was still a, a nice, hard-fought week. Oh, yeah. Because everyone sure. brought their A game for those prizes. Everyone wanted top 12 for something. <laughs> so everyone was, I mean, I saw people who hadn't been there in weeks who were like, yep, showing up with, with either Amber Steel or Ruby Amethyst. There was a lot more of those than there had been before. So it was, it was interesting. All right. So, oh, you were just mentioning, uh, you know, which decks you played a few different decks. Uh, so which is your favorite deck that you've played? Well, I did really like that turquoise, which is uh, amber, sapphire, sorry, uh, emerald, sapphire. That was a lot of fun to play. But for me, I just found that that deck ran out of gas a lot. And I think set two is going to fix that. But my favorite deck that I played was had to have been amber, sapphire. It was like a mid-range deck. And it was really good against Ruby Amethyst. Like It almost made winning against Ruby Amethyst easy which for so long that had been the bane of my existence. But it also did really well against uh, Amber Sapphire or uh, Amber Steel, the song deck. Where it struggled with was against the aggro decks. And I think that's just that's just a thing. Like a lot of going undefeated is just well, it's not just luck of the draw. Like you have to have talent, but if you have a deck that really struggles against an aggro deck, like like it's gonna be hard. How about you? What was your favorite deck? Well, first of all, did you stick to a single deck? Because I probably played about six or seven different decks throughout the last three months. I started with, uh, I started, well, because, because of the product issues at the beginning, I started with Sapphire Steel because I had uh, like three Sapphire Steel starters. So I had the most cards and I could fill in some decent stuff from the few packs I had gotten. Uh, but as soon as I started getting cards, um, I built the um, Rockstar Stitch version of Amber Steel. And I played that for maybe a week or two max. 
And then I immediately, as soon as I could, switched to the, um, I guess it's the Ducky version, the Ducky or Steadfast version, um, without uh, a whole new world in it. And I played that one for the rest of the time. Um, so for two months, roughly, I think I played that. And so I guess that's my favorite deck. <laughs> <laughs> but I did build, um, I did build a uh, Amethyst Emerald deck uh, to take to casual events um, that I just wanted to play where I could just draw and quest for lore and mess with my opponent with bouncing and stuff and and whatever and i just built that for fun and i had fun playing with that even though i didn't win very often um but i i think that one was my fun deck but my i know it and it's good and i enjoy playing it uh when i you know was was definitely the uh, amber steel deck that i built and it's just sitting there still built i haven't taken it apart in in anticipation of set two yet but it's still sitting there and waiting yeah i think for set two I'm going to go to the dark side and try running a meta deck. <laughs> I'm just going to give it a try. I'm going to give it a try. Yeah, I've been I've been uh, looking at different comp compositions. I think Ruby Amber is going to be pretty good uh, this time. And uh, I might do some... I might try and make uh, Amethyst Steel work because I've always enjoyed playing Amethyst and Steel. Um, I mean, there's a lot of, com I think a lot of combinations are going to come out and I'm not even sure if we're going to be able to stick with just, cause I mean, we basically just had two main decks, right? Yeah. Steel song and, and the, the control the deck. Amethyst. Yeah. I think I, it feels like we're going to have more than two. I hope Alice becomes a meta deck uh, that just sapphires in my heart. And I would love to see that work. And I think Sapphire and the big pete card i think those two could work i think they could work i think so and and if not i think sapphire is still going to be able to work because there are so many new items and with all the different things you can do now i think the item slingers deck might finally be a viable deck yeah so i think there's a lot of things that we can do uh going through here it's going to be so much fun trying to figure it out all right but this we're talking about set one on this podcast so did you have a favorite card that you like to play and i like to play jeez um you know i mean it's it's hard to say i'm trying to think of my of my my turns and playing on my turns but in in game it was always i don't know if i can pick one so big tink and rapunzel because just how powerful they were in allowing me to do things and just the way that they allowed me to to win those games, I think was the two that, and and I just love the art on them. So you know, it's a combination of you know I I really love this card, and it also is awesome to play. Well, there you go, gang. James, I asked you for a favorite card, and you gave me okay, big tink. <laughs> I was go. gonna say, and the only reason why I said that is because I was going to say Rapunzel. I don't know. There's just something so satisfying about being able to heal three damage off your character and draw three cards. Like it is such a great like momentum shifter. Uh, and like you say, the art is absolutely gorgeous. Every time I had a Rapunzel and I was able to play her using her ability, it just felt good. It felt good. That And that was my criteria. Which one? 
did I draw that I was like, yes, this is going to be a good, I'm going to enjoy this. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I agree 100%. Rapunzel would be my one a, so number one was big Tink. So you get Rapunzel. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll get your one B. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> there you go. Yes. All right. So let's just pause for a moment. And we did this a little bit at the beginning, but let's just reflect on just how amazing it has been to be here from the very beginning, from the release of the cards at D23, in the Discord during all the dry season of no news, seeing all the little bits of news, everyone wondering what challenge is. And, you know, all of the different little things we saw on the cards that we didn't know what they meant and would it be multiplayer and just all the stuff all the way through reveal season and the rules and Gamma and Gen Con and just everything. I mean, it's been a, it's been an awesome time to go through until the release and then these three months of playing the game that we spent a year just like living in, essentially. And all of that, but also I've just been, I love seeing the genesis of this community. I remember when Artem popped into a Discord, it wasn't the HQ, it was the other one. And he's like, hey, I'm thinking of publishing a website that's a deck builder or a card tracker. It was one of the two. He's like, do you think people would be interested? And I remember responding, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and so he's like, okay, I published it. And and seeing Lorcania born and what an amazing resource it's been. Or I remember when George, whose username is surreal, was talking about creating a deck builder, which became dreamborn.inc. When he first mentioned that, uh, like we were so excited for him, cheering him on or seeing, you know, the developers of Illuminarium, the app that I always use for tracking lore. Like seeing all these people, seeing the development of the Lorcana HQ Discord at a at a point for time, I was even a mod there myself and watched it grow and seeing the community around Pixelborn grown and seeing like all these communities just spring to life. The different content creators. I mean, we've known Brandon from B Squared. We've known Jaunty. We've known the Lumiteers. Like we know all these people and to be a part of that community to be a part of that company is just like a really humbling thing for me. Um, yeah, like these are, these are relationships I'm going to have my whole life. Yep. It's awesome. And let's, and let's uh, not forget uh, the, what do we call him? The star, the star of Lorcana week. Oh yeah. Who we've had on a few times, uh, Eric Schweitzer. Um, did I pronounce it right? Eric Schweitzer. Yeah. Nice. This guy, he is such a rock star. I mean, he has been pumping the hype for Lorcana. He like, he could have just covered it. Like it could have just been a thing that he did because he was assigned to, but it wasn't just that. Like he is such a huge advocate and proponent of the game. And when we had that Lorcana week, leading up to Gen Con and him and Joe Parlock and all the people at the gamer were like instigating that. It was just like the zeitgeist of the moment was something that I'll never forget. And it's, it's so awesome because since he lives in, you know, like a half an hour away from me, I've gotten to know him. 
thanks to Lorcana. And we go to we go to the games together. We've hung out together. We went and did a stuff at Comic Con together. And uh he's just it's just been really cool getting to know him and being able to to see, you know, how someone in the industry is I mean, honestly, he's so much of a fan that it's 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 hard to see him like when he's like, this is what's wrong with this part of the game. And because, you know, being a fan, you're thinking, oh, they're always like, you know, it's all, you know, roses and whatever. And but no, he's he's critical of the game when it needs to be critical. And he's also a good guy. I mean, the other night, I mean, I don't know if you saw he tweeted out that uh, he's gone to like four sealed events and, and like never lost a game. at a sealed. Oh, yeah, event. I did see that. Well, guess who? Guess who was the benefit of it this week? He finished in first place, walked up there, got the pin that was one. Of, you know, you get to pick one of the three pins, and he walked up there, grabbed the logo pin, walked back to the chair, sat down, and just tossed it at me because I hadn't won one yet. All right, Eric, I'm your friend too. Remember that. <laughs> so, but I mean, it's just awesome. But I, I traded him a bunch of cards that I pulled out of, out of a box. But I mean. He didn't he didn't expect anything. And it's just that we hang out, we 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 trade cards, you know, we don't even we never look anything up. I mean, we just like it's like, oh, you need those here, have those. And I'm like, oh, these are here, take these. So we're we're helping each other finish each other because he's close to finishing his collection now, finally. Uh, believe it or not. Uh he didn't finish his collection off of all those Gen Con boxes and whatever else. Um, but anyway, I was just wanted to mention the whole Orcana Week thing and all the different um that aspect of it, the the news reporting side of it, a bunch of the people that are reporting on it are doing a really good job of of enhancing what we're doing, getting the reveals and doing good articles and, and good reviews, uh, good criticism when it's necessary. All of that stuff is I, I consider all of that to be a really good part of the health of the game and the fun of being involved in the game. Yeah, I'd throw Christian from comicbook.com in that group too. He's yeah. done a phenomenal job and we don't know him as well as Eric, but doesn't and mean we'd like Rad- to. Yeah, Amy Radcliffe over at, at Nerdist, who we've never talked to, but I know she's a really good reporter and she's gotten the two Nerdist articles, I think, where they've revealed some cards. They've revealed some really cool cards and they've also had some really good short interviews that have some really good information of behind the scenes or about lore or something like that. So getting those done, I think, was really good, too. And I'm just just glad to see all this stuff as we get it you know, going forward where we get all these different little tidbits of information and keep it coming, people. We want to keep getting all those interviews and seeing all the lore and all the behind the scenes. Yep. Yep. OK, so. What's next? Now let's talk about areas that need improvement. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on the segment because we've done that a lot over the last year. Uh, And we're not even going to talk about product shortage because that's a horse that's been beat to death a million times. So if there was an area that you think needed improvement, James, what would it be? Honestly, at this point, I think the most important thing is to get comprehensive rules out just so that there's no arguing about how there's card interaction there's no like gray area and so people running tournaments there can be some there can be some level like what you can expect when you go to some of these tournaments if they're all going to be following the same guide 
instead of, you know, one thing happening at one place and something else happening entirely different at another place. It'd just be nice to have the, the comprehensive rules out. Yeah. No, I 100% agree with that. Um, the thing that I was thinking about, and this is a soapbox I've been on before, and I feel like it's getting better. And with the official Discord that we'll talk about later, I feel like this is about to change, but it's been communication. I mean, from the beginning <laughs> to, well, until now, like, I feel like they could have done a much better job of just communicating with us. And uh, I hope that, I hope it improves. I really do. Um, so that's my thing. I think it will. I think just with the growth, I think they have to grow into being able to figure out when and where the communicating needs to be. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, they're not a huge company like Pokemon that has a million people working on the card game. So I feel like probably the first set here and maybe, yeah, probably the first set because they're already making changes. I feel like they were probably just putting fires out everywhere. I think they are so focused on somehow working a miracle to get more product printed, uh, filling out staffing needs, like a whole bunch of stuff like that. So that's what I attribute the lack of communication to is because they just had so many fires that they were probably putting out. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, and there there's a bunch of uh, TCG veterans in there, but I mean, you can't expect Steve and Ryan to have run a company and you know, done all the work necessary to like engage the printers. I mean, they design games. So, you know, they didn't, they didn't have to deal with all that other stuff. And now they're having to deal with a lot of that or some of the other people who had never done it before that were, you know, at the company probably were everybody learning as they go. And like you said, putting fires out. Yeah. I mean, they had a release date, everything else dropped by the wayside to get those cards out on that release date. And everything else that wasn't necessary to do that just fell by the wayside, it feels like. I think we lose sight of that sometimes. Like, it's so easy for us to sit here and criticize them. Like, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? Uh, but at the end of the day, like, we're not there. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But even still, that's the kind of stuff I wish they would share with us. And just like in that video that was shared today with Ryan, he's like, we've increased production um so i mean the messaging is trying to get out there i just wish and and yeah i just wish that was better communicated there you go i so, agree with that in honor of this retrospective i took to twitter because that's what i do and i wanted to see what the community had to say as far as what their highlights from the first chapter have been so here are some of our my our favorite responses. So let's just take turns sharing some of these. Okay. The first is from our good friend and recurring guest co-host Adara. She said, Gen Con was definitely the highlight for me. No, not the line. Let's forget about the line, but the people and getting to experience opening packs together and trading. These people who I had spent months being excited with online, I finally got to meet, and it was incredible. I agree with everything that she said. There was a lot to not like about Gen Con, but there was so much more to love about it. It's it's not one. It's not only going to be a highlight of my Lorcana experience. It's 
really going to be a highlight of my life, to be honest. Yeah. And there were multiple people who replied that about Gen Con. And since there was multiple replies, we just picked one. And throughout, there's there may be, if you said something similar later on for one of the ones we read, we just picked one because it represented a few of the replies. Um, another reply was from DM Armada, who said, creating my own version of Amber Emerald Bodyguard and feeling a sense of accomplishment while piloting it versus the top decks in the format. Yeah, that's that's an awesome thing to to feel is building a deck and then winning with it. And I'm so jealous because I wish I was creative enough or understanding of the cards enough to build something like this. I mean, I freely admit I'm a net decker. <laughs> um, but if I were to build something like that of my own and be able to beat those stupid meta decks, yeah, I'd be I'd be so proud. Mm-hmm. Me too, because I cannot do that either. I build decks and then I win a few and I lose a few and I'm like, I got to fix this. And then yes. I go look at what someone else has done. And I'm like, why didn't I think of putting that card in there? And I make Same. a couple of changes, but at least, you know, I get like a percentage of the way there when I build a deck. And then, and then I look at other people or I talk to someone and I'm like, yeah, that card. Okay. And then I get a little bit closer. So uh, maybe sometime in the next few years, I'll, I'll be able to build a deck that actually does something like all 100% from my brain. Master builder, James. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This next one comes from Lorcana Illuminary, Rebecca. I love this one. This one was just like a heartwarming comment to me. She said, my 14 year old son goes with me to league and we've met some really awesome people. One highlight besides just playing with my son was when some of the guys at league gifted him a custom playmat of one of his favorite characters card art uh surfer stitch it was such a cool moment and when, when we talk about the community we're not talking about the people that are toxic or that are not fun to be around this is the type of community that we're talking about and that's the type of community that i just love in lorcana mm -hmm. exactly yeah i read that one i'm like oh that's so awesome uh next we have uh jimmy king jimmy uh, seeing friends in group chats posting pictures of getting cards and getting excited over the art, and for me in particular, being able to sleeve decks again after years of not playing TCGs. I mean, this is kind of a story that you hear a lot where people are like, oh, I got burnt out on card games and I came back. I mean, look, I mean, you, you had only barely played a card game, but, you know, this is like, I'm all in on this. And for me, it's like, I'm coming back after having played a card game 23 years ago uh, for a little bit of a short time and not really being a TCG player. But but yeah, this kind of comment is awesome where everyone's just like, oh, I'm going to come back in and play because I, I, you know, this this feels like a good time or a good thing to do it, a good game to do it with. When you talked about these comments being representative of other ones, this one definitely is one that we saw a lot. People who had not played TCGs for years coming back into the game and rediscovering that love. And not just like themselves, but a lot of them talk about being able to share that with their spouses or their partners or their children. Like uh, Disney Lorcana was designed to bring people together. Like that was kind of the premise behind it. And just reading a lot of these comments, you definitely see that. All right. So next one was from our friend Lorcana Queen. 
She said, something a little different for us. We will always remember the warm reception from the community. At first, we were worried about being outsiders, but Disney memories span across everyone. And it's true. I mean, they were really nervous because they didn't know how to play the game. <laughs> like right. they were they were approaching this from a collector standpoint, but because they were creating content and putting it out there, like they're motivated to learn how to play it now, which they probably already have. I haven't checked in with them, but it's pretty cool to see that people who got in with the intent of collecting are interested in playing too. And I think it's a it's a key point to to say with the in the last sentence where but Disney memories span across everyone, and that's one of the things you know about this game is that it's it's Disney, and so many people love at least one thing from Disney, and a lot of it is going into this game, and so so many people have so many different memories and so much fun bringing these things onto a game that they can play with, as you mentioned, friends, family, loved ones strangers at a game store that become friends you know everything like that it's it's pretty awesome yeah a lot of people like when the game was first announced like to dunk on the game because it was disney but let's be honest ip really matters like i go back to the game i originally played the star wars decipher game back in the 90s people love that game people are still playing that game there's a players committee that's still developing new sets but when the license was taken from them, Decipher developed a new game just called Wars. That was the exact same game mechanics as the Star Wars game. But that game only lasted for one or two years. Like, yeah, the IP matters. And there's not an IP that's much more popular than Disney. Let's be honest. Right. Exactly. All right. So next up, we have Pavel. Pavel Kolov? Kolov? Did I pronounce it right? It's Pavel. <laughs> it's it's Pavel from from uh, Pixelborn. Uh, number one, everything Gen Con related. Number two, playing simplified version with my five year old who got hooked. Number three, giving the interview to Eric Schweitzer. And number four, playing at local tournaments, which was totally unexpected, because he's in a country that doesn't have uh, have it released there, right? Yeah, he lives in Bulgaria, and it wasn't released there. And, and he was able to have an actual community where they went and played the game. And I'm sure this has happened other places, but it's not just Pavel in Bulgaria. Like our friend Mushu over in Singapore, he's in Singapore, right? Yeah. Yeah. They didn't get cards either, but they've had tournaments over there. Like, even though this game is only being sold in like 10 territories or markets, people around the world are... <laughs> are passionate enough about this game that they're getting their own cards on their own and creating these tournaments. I mean, that's just, it's so cool. But yeah, playing a simplified version with his five-year-old because the game is made for eight and up, of course. We see <laughs> that on the packaging. But yeah, being able to play with kids who probably, you know, see all their favorite cartoon characters on cards and they're able to play a game with them. Um, and yeah, that was a really good interview that he did with Eric. Uh, nice long interview, just you know, talking about everything about Pixelborn. So just a lot of stuff in there, uh, and of course he said everything Gen Con related. So yeah. just an awesome event. All right, next one is from Franilations.ef. Uh, first chapter got me back into playing TCGs for the first time in years. Had me going to local game store events for multiple seasons probably multiple weeks, earning and collecting promos and Disney Lorcana pins, 
can't wait to see how the game grows in the coming months and years. So again, a variation on coming back to the game after years of being away. But I mean, it just goes to show how important having these promos and pins are to keeping the, the fan base coming out. Yeah, giving us something else that we have to collect. <laughs> oh, no, uh, James, that's uh, that's you uh, speaking the truth there, your own truth. Uh, next up, we have Lorcanalytics, which uh, does a lot of the data diving on on the Lorcana world. Uh, and they say, uh, I've always thought Lorcana cards look great, but I'm so glad that the game plays so well. Ravensburger designed an incredible game that's easy to pick up, but difficult to master. The fact that the meta continuously evolved is a testament to that, I think. And that is so true. The Just so easy to pick up. You can learn it in five or ten minutes, and then you can spend months just trying to figure everything out. Years, I don't know. We're still figuring stuff out. And the fact that the meta did continuously evolve was really awesome. Yeah, it, there wasn't like as dominant as Ruby Amethyst was there for a couple weeks. And as dominant as Amber Steel Song turned out to being, like the fact that the meta hadn't been completely figured out after three months is completely a testament to how well balanced the game is. Yeah, that you could, as you mentioned, you played Sapphire and Amber, and that deck could beat Ruby Amethyst pretty easily, fairly easily. Yep. And the fact that the top deck, the best deck in, I mean, it, it, Ruby, Ruby, uh, Amethyst really was the best deck. It's just it didn't win as much because you you, you timed out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so the fact that you could win against that, even if it was you know not as good against some others, the fact that so many there was so, this whole rock paper scissors thing was just really nice to see that this deck beat this, but then that beat this, and then this beat this. So it was all cool to see. Yep. Next comment comes from Alex Kent at Alex K two four five. He said, going 3-1 first time with a Ruby Emerald, so red-green deck, then finishing strong with multiplayer last night with my Emerald Sapphire, and finally getting the Aurora Lockdown going for two wins. Just very satisfying to get a deck working and winning a couple pins. When at start, scar at end. And yeah, again, that goes back to that uh, sense of accomplishment for building something executing a strategy and accomplishing your desired outcomes yep and uh next up we have kirsty grab your lore uh my first win in a local tourney and all the lovely people i've met there and online who share such a friendly passion for the game yep i mean I agree. Not, are... not much else to say about that that's you know that's just yep. awesome next we have mank mink <laughs> at k-i-a-n underscore cahill uh definitely pulling this from one of the few packs i could find bell enchanted and while i'm not the most emotive person i remember the thrill of opening up the enchanteds that i got yeah it's it's definitely a huge surge of dopamine yeah remember did i tell this i told the story about how when i found the uh the bell, right? Because we yeah, found it. did. Bell. Yeah, that was awesome. Making Beth scream. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, I remember you sharing that story. And that's exactly what I was thinking of when I was reading that comment. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, next up, we have uh, Jesse Hill uh, at Fourth Right. Uh, my local Orkana community. 
They're just awesome. I love the game, but having a great local community really helps me enjoy the hobby. And I, I, I know it's it's almost like, you know, just in the the way that we talked about product storage a lot, we're mentioning community a lot, but I think it just needs to be said because so many people have experienced it that uh, having that local community and having the the global community and being able to come together online and in your local store is just something that's really awesome. And uh, you can't, I don't think we can say it enough. Yep. Uh, last comment comes from Sergio Rips at Sergio Rips. Hitting the never-ending train with Rockstar and having 16 characters on board for a comeback win. James, you played Stitch Rockstar. Did you ever have 16 characters on board? I don't know if I ever got up to six characters because I played it so horribly. This uh, was pretty uh, wild to me when I read right? that. I had this done to me. Uh, some guy got up to like 10. And, you know, I thought I was doing awesome because I put put down a Mother Gothel. I'm like, ah, none of them can quest. And it's like, well, we just, you know, I just need like two of them. And Mother Gothel is banished and then the rest of quest. And I win the game. It's like, whatever. <laughs> but no, it's awesome. Having 16 characters out. That's pretty wild. Great. Do you even have room on your playmat for that? <laughs> that's a lot of stacking of characters. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. My playmat is not. Probably not a 16-character-wide playmat. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's that's it for for uh, our our retrospective. I think, what are we going to do next week? We're going to be looking forward to set two, because set two is going to be out. Yep. It comes out the morning that this drops. And so all of you enjoy opening product that you can find, enjoy playing with the new cards, and we're going to talk about it next week, right? But, yeah. But, again... I just I just want to put this out there that I hope everyone has had as fun of an experience with the first set as we have. Like, I know a lot of people were not blessed to find as much product as us, but I hope in your own way and engaging with the community in your own terms that you guys have as fond of a memory of set one as we will. Like, it's never going to be the same. For now on, like right now we're limited to we're limited to 204 cards and it's only going to get bigger from there. And the community is only going to grow bigger. Uh, this was really like a once in a game's lifetime experience here. Yeah. Yep. I agree. And it was great. All right. Let's go on to ending segments, which is Lorcana lexicon. And what is our word for this week, which does not fit the retrospective theme of, Everything was awesome. <laughs> That's true. Um, this was actually suggested to me by one of my local game store fellow attendees, Adam. Um, we were talking about the card Be Prepared. And he was saying the original card in Magic that was a board wipe was called Wrath of God. And so since that time, there have been more board wipes introduced. But anytime there's a card that's a board wipe, they call it a wrath card. So if you hear somebody refer to be prepared as a wrath, just know they're probably an old magic player and it refers to a board wipe. There you go. All right. So news. We have some news. As we have mentioned, there is now an official discord it launched this morning so if you don't know where it is and you want to join uh then you can just go find their tweet about it 
And also in the Discord, uh, it was in the Discord this morning in the announcements channel, um, there was a video message from Ryan, which has now been tweeted out. It was tweeted out just uh, uh, like an hour or two before we went and recorded this. Um, but it's basically Ryan talking to you, the consumer of the game, the player of the game, uh, that they have heard and they are going to be uh, shrink wrapping the uh, boxes, starting with set three. And until then, they have those stickers slash tape that is going on the sides and on the bottom to help protect them from being uh, opened without being opened, which is something we talked about when back, you know, after Gen Con and uh, everyone was talking about the fact that the boxes are so easily gotten into. It's not a perfect solution, but I mean, I'm sure that these set two boxes have already been printed. It'd probably be probably near impossible to send them all back to get them shrink wrapped. Yeah. So, I mean, these wafer stickers, again, they're not the perfect solution, but they're probably the best for what we have now. And I just appreciate that they are cognizant enough of community feedback that they were taking action on it. To me, I love seeing that they see that and they're trying to address it. And they mentioned that, uh, they have drastically increased production and a lot of people who are wondering, well, I know that a lot of first chapter has shipped and the prices came down some, but it's still nearly impossible to find. It's like, well, they also haven't shipped everything yet. They've only shipped the restock and not the reprint, right? Right. Yeah. The okay. reprint wasn't supposed to ship until right about now. They said mid November is when it would ship, which means it won't be in stores for, a week, two weeks, three weeks, at least. Yeah. Yeah. So sometime in December, I am expecting a lot more first chapter to come. And that's when we're going to get uh, big box to get second, uh, the second set. So look for a lot of Lorcana to be showing up on shelves. Even if it only lasts for three seconds, it's better than lasting for one second. Yeah, that's like uh, three times as long. And uh, speaking of the video message, on his screens while he was talking, there were two Enchanted cards shown. And we have seen, officially revealed, I think it's five of the Enchanteds and those two that were on his screens. But we've seen them all. If you know where to look, they were leaked because some people have opened product early. All 12 Enchanteds for set for the Rise of the Floodborne have been revealed or leaked so you can find them. And there are some pretty cards, some really cool cards, some interesting choices. I'd say, but all really cool cards. Which which one do you find interesting? I'm curious. Um, I mean, Pete and Lady Tremaine, I think, are not necessarily widely uh, popular characters. And so from the first set, you know, you had Elsa and you had Aurora and Belle and Maui and all of these characters that have been really popular in the last decade or two. And so having some of these characters from like, you know, one of the very first characters with Pete. And I mean, I understand why they do it, but it's not something that the modern market is necessarily hyped for. So I think it's an interesting choice. I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm fine with it because you know, it's all Disney. So it's cool. Here's a piece of trivia for you. Maybe I told you, did you know that Pete is actually older than Mickey? And older than Oswald. 
I, I think I've heard that. Yes, he was actually one of the first characters in one of the early cartoons that he created. He so Walt Disney's first thing that made him popular were these uh it was called the Alice comedies where it was cartoons, but it had a live action girl in it. And pig Lake Pete was one of the characters in there. And then after he wrapped that up, that's when he made Oswald. There you go. That's pretty cool. So look, you're getting, you're not just getting a card. You're getting a piece of Disney history in that. That's right. There you go. But no, they all, and my favorite, what's your favorite of the new ones? What's my favorite. It's uh. I don't know. It's it's hard. I really like the Arthur one. But I have to say, like, yeah, I'm a sucker. I love that Cinderella one. Yeah, I'm going to pick that one, too. That's an absolutely gorgeous card. It is. And I love the unfinished sketch quality of it. I think that's part of what the what lends it. It's uh, it's I don't know. It's specialness in the in the set, I think. So, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So, uh, other news: the app has all the cards in it now. So, all cards have been revealed. Uh, that was Monday morning or Sunday night, sometime. The app got loaded with everything. Uh, so, if you're looking for all the cards, find some cards that maybe you didn't know existed because they didn't get leaked. Um, they're all in there now. Is that it? Is that all the news? Uh, Rise of the Floodborne comes out today. If you're That's so crazy. To this, when this when this drops that is so crazy <laughs> at, at times it feels like we've had set one forever and then at times it feels like set one came out just two weeks ago right yeah i i think about it. i'm like i've been playing like I said, when i said i've been playing amber steel for two months i'm like wait what for two months that's that no that couldn't have been two full months playing that i don't know anyway what is it time for now disney jeopardy and it's my turn to ask you some questions, and I am uh, going to. I'm going to make you not get a hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I gave right. you some hard ones last time, so it's I'm, only I'm, fair. We shall see how it goes. Now there is. Is there? Uh, you know what? Technically, there is a theme on a couple of these unintentional but it's there so for 100 uh this is the color of Belle's dress when she dances with the beast what is yellow it is yellow it's also gold okay but i will accept yellow because i mean it's really drawn as yellow okay for 200 this is who adopts Kristoff in the movie frozen who are the trolls that is correct. For 300, this is where Finding Nemo takes place. Uh, are you looking for a location or like what is an anemone? It's it's like the location, the, the body of water or area or oh. even like off what coast it happens. Um, Anything. Okay. Uh, 42 Wallaby Drive, Sydney, Australia. Um, what is the Pacific Ocean? Is it the Pacific Ocean? Probably. It's so specifically, it's the Great Barrier Reef off the coast of Queensland, Australia. Oh, okay. You mentioned Sydney, Australia, so we're going to give that one to you. <laughs> uh, so here we go. Now it's going to start getting a little bit more difficult. <laughs> it's a very specific question. 
This is the color of Dumbo's hat. Dumbo's hat? Yes. And I did give you a hint earlier. You gave me a hint? I did. I don't remember talking about Dumbo earlier. We didn't. But I gave you a hint. Okay, ex- explain this hint to me. I said there's a theme. Oh, okay. I was going to say yellow. I was going to actually I was actually going to guess yellow or green. So, I guess I'm going with what is yellow? That is correct. Yes. Basically the same color as the first question. Okay. This is the 500 point. This is who founded Radiator Springs in the movie Cars. Oh my gosh. Uh What is his name? Who is Stanley? Who is Stanley? Yes. Five for five. I thought I was giving you hard ones. Okay, uh, now. I don't know if I can claim that 400 one. Like, well, four you gave me an awfully big hint there, but I'll, I'll take no. it. I'll... The hilarious thing is, is having grown up, I don't know if they're, they're nationwide or not, but in Southern California, there is a, because a Stanley is a steam car, right? Yeah. Okay. There is a company here in Southern California called Stanley Steamer, and their trucks are all yellow, thus fulfilling the theme of some of the questions. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Did Stanley have a last name? Does it list a last name on there? It it didn't on the question I had, no. Because for some reason, Stanley T. Hudson was coming to my mind, but then I was like, no, I'm thinking of Doc Hudson. Yeah. But... Why Why was I thinking Stanley T? Anyway, I'll have to look at that later. Sweet. Well, if you liked what you heard, you can follow us on YouTube. You can subscribe to us on the podcasting platform of your choice. You can find me on the website formerly known as Twitter at Citizens of Lorcana. And James, where can they find you? You can find me everywhere online at Dan Regal, and you can check out geekshotphoto.com for links for photography and such for my wife and I. And thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next time.